All right, so if you're joining us here on the podcast, it's probably because you've already listened to the first part of this episode where I am interviewing Mr. Bob Buckler, who is telling all kind of fun stories from, uh, from his experience in World War II, getting shot down twice, um, second time being in Sweden, and he was just talking to us about living in Sweden. So uh, set the stage in case you hadn't heard that episode. He's on a B-17 as a tail gunner, gets shot down once, they give him another plane, Gets on it, gets shot down again. This is his 23rd mission, and this time he lands in Sweden, which is a neutral country, and he's not allowed to leave. They wouldn't let us leave. They wouldn't let the Germans leave. Whoever ended up there had to stay there, right? Well, uh, my pilot only spent four months in Sweden. Okay. A German pilot landed there, and they exchanged the German pilot for my pilot. My pilot didn't break international law. He had to come back and finish his missions. Oh, he hadn't made it to 25 yet. Yeah. All right, so he's on, but he's got 23. Yeah. So he had to go back, and they made him go back and do two more runs. Yeah. Getting shot down, down didn't, did he make it back safe? He get the Oh, yeah. Down? He finished his missions, and then he come back to the United States, and he lived up in Grimersburg. Uh, Butler County. Butler County. So you're a Pittsburgh guy. He's a Butler County. Yeah, but I'm living in Shea then. Okay. But he come down and visit my mother and dad to let them know how tough we had it over there in Sweden. Oh, that's neat. <laughs> well, how? Well, he had some stories before you got in Sweden, right? So he comes down to visit your your yeah. folks and, and essentially explains the fact that after you've done 23 bombing runs yeah. and been shot at for months, you are now. Uh, you're now living in Sweden in a spa resort. <laughs> so speak. Talk to us a little bit about Sweden. So here you right. are, and you're living up in the mountains on a ski resort. Did you ski before you ended up in Sweden? No. So you learned there. This was at the hotel. You see our skis and stuff there. Mm-hmm. So we're, I'm looking at pictures if you're yeah. listening to this. Sorry you can't see them because it's really neat. But All right, so there, yeah, there you go. So you you have the opportunity to learn to ski. Well, I did a little skiing before I okay. left, to, left to go to the Army. <laughs> All right. So what are the accommodations like there? You got, you, you're got in a plush hotel where the wealthy people went before the war. Well, I'll tell you, to start with, we'd go skiing every day, weather permitting. Mm-hmm. And the, the hotel would pack us a lunch and... The government had tracks through the woods that uh-huh. they kept prepared for the skiers. And uh, when we come back from skiing, we always wanted to take take a bath. They, we didn't have, they had beautiful rooms, but they didn't have any showers or bathtubs in the room. You had to get down to the bathhouse and get a, get okay. a, all right. So we then made arrangements to come down and get a bath. And they said, be down in 20 minutes. You went down, the woman says, check the water, make sure it's all right. I checked the water, I says, that's fine. And then she wanted to give me a bath. Okay. I 19 was, years old. Yeah, but I was too embarrassed to have a woman <laughs> giving me a bath. <laughs> you, you, didn't, you weren't used to that kind of spot. Oh, no, no. And after you got a bath, then they want to give you a Swedish rub dive. Okay. Did you, did you I, take them up on that one? After I took, had, had a few of those baths, and I let them give you a rub down. But that felt good after skiing all day. Okay. So. Sounds like a tough tour of duty. So now... <laughs> <laughs> well, 
And then uh, you had to get dressed up to go to dinner. You had to put your shirt and a tie and a suit coat on. Okay. And they played dinner music. They had a little orchestra there. They'd play dinner music. Mm-hmm. Then when you had your dinner, they had a game room, and they gave you your dessert and coffee in the game room. Then they played dancing music. And all the wealthy Swedes used to send their daughters up to meet the Americans. Meet the Americans. So here you are, 19 years old, being pampered, skiing all day, and partying with Swedish women at night. Yeah. Is that? I mean, is that pretty much summarize it? Now, what's going on? At, what's going on at home? So your parents have to be wondering where you are. Well, my sister told me. My sister told me that my dad come up from work and walk around the dining room table several times where he could sit down to eat. <laughs> he Me? was he was so concerned, you know. He's nervous. Now, have they, I mean, had you able to, were you able to get word to them about where you are? Did the Army reach out to them? Or? After we were there about two or three months, the military had come up, told us we can write one letter a month home, and he had put it in with the military mail okay. and send it back with his mail to the state. All right. So you, but did your parents know where you were before that? So you're two months in Sweden. Yeah. Well, my all my mail went home uh, missing in action. Okay. So they have no idea for two months where you uh, are. No. No. And the the army just didn't tell them because yeah. the army knew where you were. They were paying you. They were paying us. Right. All right. So then you get a letter out home saying, "Hey, I'm skiing." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a turn of events for your folks. Here they think they've lost a son and it turns out he's well, been uh, yeah. he's been living in a in a in a fancy yeah. ski resort for the last couple well, of months. I was saying when my pilot got home and told him how tough we had <laughs> <laughs> He's eat, eating well, dancing yeah. well and skiing. All yeah, time. and you had the women make your bids for you in the morning and mm-hmm. clean up your room and that sounds like a trip a lot of people would pay a lot of money for right now. But uh I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to get there under the circumstances you got there. But once you're there, hey, why not? Yeah, almost a year, <laughs> like a vacation, you know. <laughs> All right. So um, I want to ask you a couple of questions about what you're doing these days. So I understand, you know, with your stories, uh, I understand that you know you're you're active in the in the local veterans community, and there's an organization yeah. called the Veterans Breakfast Club you participate yeah. in. Well, tell me a little bit about that. Maybe there's some veterans that are listening to this that need to know a little bit about it. Well, I belong to VFW. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, I was one of the original members. Which and, VFW do you go to? It's uh, Shaler Township. Shaler. 9199. Of course, uh, I've been at the bars a few times. Over here in Mars. Yeah, I've stopped in a few times. Maybe we even have our bre- one of some of our breakfasts up there. So what does the Veterans Breakfast Club do? What they do? Well, they uh, have a breakfast club, and they have the veterans get up and tell stories. Is so, it, it's a monthly deal? Every month? Yeah. Okay. And it's all, and it gives you locations of mm-hmm. in there where it is. That's why I thought you might. Yeah. Enjoy it. You've been invited to speak there. Oh, I, I they call me up once in a while because some of the stories they get, it's pretty sad. Tough, yeah. Tough and experience. when they get pretty tough, then they have me tell them my stories, and I get them laughing. <laughs> you bring the mood back. <laughs> yeah. 
Let me tell you about my vacation for eight months. Well, the master of ceremonies, <laughs> I've known him for, oh, several years now. Yeah, I know you now. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he calls me up whenever whenever somebody uh, wants to put a program program on, <laughs> he'll call me up and ask me to go speak. Mm-hmm. In fact, we had a couple of months ago, he gave gave us a, a name of a young fellow that's wanted to talk to somebody from the the service. And uh, how old was he? That fellow that we had. Boy in England? Yeah. Oh, he's a high school student in England. Yeah. Okay. Doing historic work. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted my, some of my stories. A high school kid from England wants to ask you some stories. Yeah, but he was... Uh, from the states here, I don't know what he was doing in England. Okay. okay. And but, so he interviewed you. Well, he he never called me up. I think uh, Jack gave him a, something about the. I have my one of my stories on the on the computer. Mm-hmm. So if you're uh, if you're listening to the show here, uh, Mr. Buckley is joined by his son Jack, who's. Uh, and they, they got a bag of goodies for me. I should have done this as a video. That's a uh, veteran's doctor, Kobe Van Ness, uh, yeah. Yeah, very cool. So they bring you up to bring the mood back every once in a while. Yeah. That's good. And I understand you've also recently been asked to speak where? At the, at the Science Center? What was going on down there? Well, they had a show. Uh, what's the name oh, of that Memphis. play now? Memphis the Bell. Memphis Bell, yeah. And... Uh, they wanted somebody to talk about some of the missions or things that they showed, mm-hmm. and they had they had a little break, and they had me get up and tell some of the stories. Mm-hmm. You got some good ones. Uh, one of the ones you told me in the past, I love it, is um, when you were before you got shot down, when you were still in England and running the missions. Uh, tell the story about you know what what happened when you get off the plane and and. and all so, as soon as the plane would stop and we'd get out of the plane. Two women in a truck would pull up and ask, what would you like to drink? Hot tea, coffee, or scotch? And they never they ran out of hot tea, hot tea or coffee. <laughs> just in case I you was, couldn't hear I was 19 years old. Just in case you couldn't hear him. He's 19 years old. He's getting off a plane after a bombing run, and some women walk up with a cart and say, what No, would they you come in with a truck. Oh, they're on a truck. What yeah. would you like, hot tea, coffee, coffee or scotch? And yeah. your answer was they never ran out of hot tea or coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and your other line that I've heard you use a couple of times, in fact, I think you used a little bit ago, I asked you, what's the secret to keeping your, your, your wits about you at 96 years old and it's a drink a day, right? You're a whiskey drinker. Well, I, I go over our local VFW. Mm-hmm. But, keeping them in business. Yeah, but I'm the oldest one there now. And... Yeah. I helped build the place, mm-hmm. and all the fellows that we we built the place, none of them are left but me. Are there many World War II guys around up there? No. No. You're it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... We belong to a uh, another club that's, uh, well, uh, 388 Bomb Group. Okay. That meet once or twice a year, once a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Somewhere woman... around the country, uh, yeah. Western Pennsylvania chapter. Okay. All right. But anyway, uh, it was started by a couple from uh, over here in uh, North of Butler. Uh, I can't think of the name of the little town. Now. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. Newcastle. Okay. 
and uh, they had about 40 members to start with, and we're down. They had about 40 members to start with. We're down to about four mm-hmm. that was in the Eighth Air Force. Still able to see those guys? You talk to them? Some well, of them probably in poor well, health by now. They had a meeting set for the September, but mm-hmm. doing the because of this the coronavirus. coronavirus going around, they stopped it. So tell me, uh, tell me a bit about your family. You're joining here this afternoon with Jack. Yeah. How many kids? How many grandkids? Well, I got uh, uh, one son that's a year older than Jack, mm-hmm. and I have a daughter that's a year younger. Mm-hmm. So my youngest is seventy. Your youngest is seventy. Seventy-one. Yeah. Seventy-one. So I, uh, so you're. Uh, I, I'm just. I'm trying to picture this household on like a holiday, and it's got to just be everybody sitting around listening to Pat tell stories from Sweden. Is that what are some of the stories? Join in here. What are some of the stories well, that I haven't was, asked him about that you guys? He was heard? in Vietnam. Okay, so Jack, thank you for your service. You're welcome. Ask um, him about having dinner with the king. All right, we're supposed to ask you about having dinner with the king. Well, one, one time we're sitting at the table, and my wife's telling me complaining about what I, I was talking and how I was acting at the table and I told her well I had dinner with the king <laughs> king of Sweden yeah dinner with the king of Sweden so who is she to judge your dinner behavior <laughs> well he, he had a son that was in charge of all the Americans okay and he was married to a, an American woman all right. from New York a wealthy family she's living in Sweden married to the king married to the prince I married to the prince and he was in charge of us so well. Yeah, it sounds like pretty good duty. Um, and so you, you end up having dinner while you're there with the king of Sweden. Well, he come up to visit us. What? <laughs> and his son used to come visit us. What's that? Probably play cards. Play cards, drink some whiskey, well, go skiing. there was one fella that uh, he sang at the Metropolitan Opera. He was a Swedish fella, but he was living in Sweden. And, and every, oh, maybe twice a month he'd come up. To have drinks with it and play cards. <laughs> he missed being an American. Uh, then there was another fellow that came up to visit, somebody from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And I was the only one from Pittsburgh. And uh, he came to Pittsburgh to work in the mill. He worked in a foundry mm-hmm. over in the south side. And he went over to America to earn some money to get married. Mm-hmm. He worked there a couple of years and he Said he earned enough money, he went home and got married. Mm-hmm. So he he wanted me to go home and be, meet his kids and introduce me to all his friends. Here's a Pittsburgher. Here's a Pittsburgher. Mm-hmm. Funny part of it is, he spoke a little English, mostly swear words. <laughs> <laughs> he worked in the mill. He worked in the mill. Yeah. All I knew was swear words. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. So how many? All right. So how many guys were on a B seventeen crew? Ten. You had ten guys. Ten years. Now, did you meet up with other crews, other Americans that ended up in Sweden, or were you just hanging out with the ten of you? Well, the day we left uh, Stockholm to go up to the hotel, mm-hmm. we were in the on the train, and when we get, when we got on the train, the fellow told us there's going to be some Americans meet you at the train. Mm-hmm. We get up there, and there was a bunch of old GIs there and we had trained with them here in the States no so boy were they glad to see us and we, we were in the walking distance from the train station over to the hotel he picked up our bags and 
told us about how great it was in the hotel. <laughs> you just lucked out. You have no idea, guys. You just hit the lottery here. <laughs> <laughs> and they told us how great it was in the hotel. We couldn't believe them until we lived there. <laughs> <laughs> I just I can't imagine. Just that, you know, you, you're, you're living around here. You're in high school all of a sudden. Uh-huh. You're training. You're flying around in a P-17. Now you're living in, in a Swedish hotel skiing. From your death to near heaven. Yeah, right? Exactly. Well, all the people in the town like to see us, too, because it seems like everybody there had a relative in the United States. Sure. You guys are many celebrities living there in the town. Oh, yeah. And they'd say, don't "Don't you know my uncle so-and-so? He lives in Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big place, folks. Well, they can't believe how big the U.S. was. But their town was about the size of Etna. I don't know if he. Yeah. That's how big the town was, you know. And how uh, have you ever been back? Couldn't afford it. <laughs> Couldn't go there and do that again. <laughs> is it? Is the? I'm curious. Is the hotel still in business? It's probably still. Now, the hotel there. burnt down, but they re, they rebuilt it. It's still a resort. They're still around. And uh, you can you can see the uh, lake in the hotel from your phone. What'd you do when the uh, when the snow melts? What'd you do in the summer? You were there through the summer. Oh yeah. Well, of course, the first thing we had to buy was a bicycle mm-hmm. because very few people had cars. we and then they had a a, a park for the time where you could play ball and stuff. And mm-hmm. Saturday nights they had dances. You're on vacation. You're like a college kid home for the summer, basically. Yeah, and getting paid for it. Getting paid. Speak, do you still speak any Swedish? Protestantska. Would you just tell me? And Jagalska Day. Yeah. That means I love you. You learned that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he used that every Friday night, didn't he? <laughs> I never heard that before. Jagalska <laughs> Day. <laughs> But uh, it was surprising how many Swedes could uh, speak a little English because they they learn English English in schools, mm-hmm. and of course, being so close to England too, they a lot of English people came there. Yeah, from what I understand, over in Europe, they have a word for people that aren't bilingual. You know what it is? American. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably yeah. how how yeah. it was. Huh? Yeah. All right. What else? Let's get one more good story in here before we wrap this thing up. What else do I need to know? Well, and, uh, I, they declared that when Japan surrendered, where were you? Tell them what happened. After. All right, so the, the prompt here was, where were you when Japan surrendered? It, they just surrendered on a Sunday. I was home. Mm-hmm. And, and I used to thumb my way home from Columbus. But then going back, I always wanted to be sure I got back, and I bought a round-trip ticket on the train. Okay. And I always use it just to go back. Mm-hmm. So I got the train. On Sunday, got in Studentville. The town mobbed the train. Oh, no kidding. They were had drinks and food and all kind of stuff. How about that? Oh, they were there for about two hours. And I thought, the hell with this. I got off the train, and I caught the next train back to Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. But I didn't get home till the next day. <laughs> you had a good time. Well, I couldn't get out of town. <laughs> You know, it's uh, 
they, there's there's things about World War Two that you know I of course I didn't experience and, and can't ever know, but just the unity of the country behind the effort. You know, Jack, you're sitting here, you're a Vietnam guy. You know that that's something that's been missing, and then yeah, you know, to some extent, in the last twenty years, the conflicts. We've but had I got to tell you something about him. He graduated from Penn State in May. Mm-hmm. He was drafted in August. Mm-hmm. A few months later, he's in Vietnam. Just like that. Oh my. He didn't have Swedish duty there, though. I don't know. He, he won't tell you either. His wife's here. <laughs> <laughs> I should ask him if he speaks any Vietnamese. <laughs> I love you. I love you. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming and telling some stories. Uh, I'm sure the people that are listening to this are finding it fascinating. Any other words of wisdom? No, I just wanted to show that's one of their big holidays, May Day. Mm-hmm. They're putting up the flag, the flag, or not the flag, the pole. Maple. The Maple pole, pole yeah. And then they had a big party. That was taken at the hotel mm-hmm. grounds there. Very good. Well, I'm going to wrap up the recording here. Thanks for listening to us. Um, I I hope you've enjoyed this. This was a lot of fun for me. I've heard heard a few of these stories before, and and when I had the opportunity to start this radio show and the podcast, I thought, man, I got to... I got to get Mr. Buckler in here and get him reported because there's people that need to hear this story. So, anyway, thanks for listening. We'll check you yeah. out next time. Uh, this has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Secular Law Firm. Thanks for listening. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Secular Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SeclarLawFirm.com or call 724 841 1393.